Welcome to the Biting Side mini podcast where I make a point to keep things really personal. So apparently there was a newspaper article written by an older psychologist and someone took uh, this article, cut it out, took a picture of it and put it all over social media and it was shared, oh man, like two million times or something and I read the whole thing and it definitely stirs up a lot of thought and a lot of reaction in me. And honestly, I can't understand the huge draw. I mean, maybe I can understand some points, maybe just because it's so, it's a contrast. I don't know. Let's just talk about it. So that way it won't be so abstract. Um, so this guy in the article is basically saying, you know, spinning off on this ever popular subject of millennials and how millennials are so spoiled and entitled and how um, it's all, you know, due to the fact that we have let our children think that they are more important or the most important person in the family um, and that that is so incorrect or wrong to do and it gives them all this false entitlement, which alone isn't such maybe a horrible concept, uh, but he elaborates in such ways that make it become, uh, well, really just too polarized. Um, he elaborates about how um, the people who are the most important in the family are the parents and that we should be this is definitely so like this is this is justifiably so because the kid needs the parent and not the other way around. If it weren't for the parent, the kid would lead a horrible life. And this makes it justifiably 100 percent so that the parents are the more important ones than the child and that um the marriage uh, between the two parents, the parents in general together, I guess, and separate are also more important uh, because they're the adults and the marriage. They're the ones that created the child and not the other way around. It is only because of the marriage or because of the two parents that the child exists. And so this is, uh, again, another reason or point of proof why um the parents matter more. And he goes on to say and speaks of his generation, um, you know, that my generation, we knew this as kids. And that's why, you know, we didn't, our parents uh, wanted to talk to each other more than they wanted to talk to us. And we knew this and we respected that because we knew who the most imp important um people were in the family and it was the parents and we knew that we weren't going to sleep in their bed or interrupt them because you know when they talked it was important their time and their space together was important because they were the two most important and they were the ones that were married and the marriage and they were so much more important uh, than us and we knew this and it was a good thing because then we became much more successful in leaving the nest. Um, we left the nest as soon as we didn't need the parents anymore. And we were so much better able to launch and take care of ourselves and, um, you know, weren't as entitled and whiny and fussy or whatever as the millennials. <laughs> so, um, 
the reason, you know, like I said, that I have so, so much thought on this is because, like I said, it seems like, all right, we've taken a concept that does seem to need some work. Um, you know, if the children in the house think that they are the most important thing in the family, well, you know, there's some sweetness in that, you know, because they might think that their parents treat them like they're so important or something. But there's also too much extremeness in that. That's definitely a polarity. Children who think they're the most important in the family are not only going to be difficult to deal with, they're not going to have a lot of respect for their parents. And sure, they might feel entitled. They might have an overinflated sense of their own self and their own drama, you know. And yeah, this does lead to situations where kids think that um, kids and young adults, you know, kids that have grown up in this uh, type of environment thinking that they're the most important, they're not able to look at a global perspective. They're not able to look at the world as a whole or other people. They're so focused on themselves because they've believed that they were the more important thing um, that, yeah, everything seems like too much of a big deal or they're always searching for something better um, and they're not able to work as a team very well. And maybe that means they're not able to function well in jobs or team environments, um, you know, okay. Like, absolutely. So we've taken something that might hold some truth, and then he's sort of countering it by polarizing the heck out of it in the other direction. I mean, the whole reason that having children think that they're the most important in the family, the whole reason that doesn't work is because it's polarized. It's only about one, you know, and really a family, you know, to me, anything in life shouldn't be so polarized. It's about the balance. Um, so anyway, by taking that thing that doesn't work and the reason it doesn't work being that it's so polarized um, and then skewing it in the other direction and saying that it's only the parents that matter or it's the parents who matter most and giving all this evidence in that um, in that corner. Uh, okay, it, it, that seems to be highly polarized too because... Um, you know, and well, my first question is like, why, why, uh, you know, why did we have to be such, um, wow, I'm going to use like an insulting comment here, uh, like lizard brains. Like, why do we have to be, why does it have to be black or white? Why does it have to be one extreme or the other? Why can, you know, just because you have noted that something isn't working and you've made a, an important, um, statement of you know some some truth that yes this is a problem for children to think they're the most important in the family it doesn't necessarily mean that the polar opposite is where all of the actual truth is you know it doesn't mean that okay in fact it's the parents or uh saying that the parents are the only ones that are important doesn't teach a child a group atmosphere either. It doesn't teach them good teamwork or necessarily how to be a good part, a good employee either. I mean, you may think so because, you know, maybe you guys in your generation, you guys were able to launch off from your parents and hit the workforce and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, easily people can make arguments in the other direction where you guys were taught to be second best or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, maybe you were good workers, but you weren't good creators and you weren't good leaders. Uh, you know, you were good 
stood um, second, uh, you know, underneath the people who were most important. Um, or at least that would seem to flow logically in the same type of logic that you're using maybe um, when, you know, saying that your parents were the most important and you guys knew that and you learned it and that's what helped you launch. Um, so, you know, there seems to be some problem with that. I also feel like um, children that are raised in that environment where parents are the ones that matters and parents want to have conversations with each other, but not necessarily with the kids, because, of course, the kids are kids and adults are adults and adults matter more. Um you know, this is going to probably lead to a child who isn't as in touch with themselves at all, doesn't quite know who they are, what they need, um, you know, what their voice is. Uh, they don't know what their own opinions are really as much and why or something to that degree. They're just not or, or let's put it this way. They're just not as in touch with their own emotions. And you could definitely say this um, of that generation, uh, the generation that he's speaking of is that older psychologist. And sure, I'm sure it doesn't hold true for every single one of them. But neither does the millennials stuff hold true for every single one of this uh, younger generation um, either. So, you know, by the same token that he's calling out the general trends of problems with millennials, a general trend of problem with his bracket could be that they're so disengaged or out of touch, disconnected from their own emotions, from their own happiness. And they're just, you know, going through the have tos and the motions that have been taught for them to go through as good uh, servants or workers or whatever. And you could see how that might fall from the child rearing practices that uh, he spoke of where, you know, you're not important. You're just, you know, or at least not the most important. There are these other superiors that are. Um, so there's that problem. Plus, I could see um, another one pretty obvious uh, is in this whole concept of um like leaving the nest. Oh, they were so successful at launching. They left the nest as soon as they didn't need their parents anymore because the reason that parents are more important is because the kids need them and they depend on them. And as soon as they're able to do for themselves and they don't need the parents anymore, well, then there they were successfully launched, left the house, left the nest. Um, and that that relationship with parents was totally based on need. And so then you respected your parents because you needed them. Uh, but there was no actual relationship there. Um, so, well, one, I mean, uh, this kind of sets up a cascade of effects here. Um, uh, one, so if you didn't have... A relationship with your parents and there was no closeness there again that would create you know a cold um level of mere respect but not companionship not true family not true love not true trust not true communication partnership or teamwork um and that seems like it wouldn't benefit the person, uh, the child that's going to go out there in the world and quote unquote be successful because it doesn't completely seem uh, successful. Um, and two, you know, the the leaving the nest as quickly as possible. Is that really is that really a success to just 
um, sort of leave <laughs> as soon as you don't need them anymore, because that's all that the relationship was, was sort of um, an exchange of, uh, I don't know, just a, um, what is the word? There is actually a word that's been going around. It's like a bargain, bargaining exchange or something, you know, if it was merely just a bargain exchange or something, then, then that sucks. And then, you know, so ditching or leaving, launching, um, as soon as you don't need them anymore, is that family or is that, um, you know, is that actually success? Is that actually a mature child that has left? Or is that kind of a like disconnected, disgruntled? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know, uh, again, if this generation that he speaks of that he feels was so much more successful, did they have warmth in their families? Do they have any warm feelings towards their parents? Or do they just have like respect and, and emotional debt? Like I owe them, uh, because they did take care of me. Is it just all rational? Um, or do they actually desire to talk with their parents and get to know their parents now? And, you know, when they left, um, was it a feeling of um, emotional readiness or just like, I don't need you anymore financially? And anyway, maybe I'm just talking in circles, but I do find that it's pretty ironic that he sets this idea of the marriage as very important, Um and how, you know, it is the thing that should be treated so importantly. And I don't disagree. I don't necessarily disagree. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, I mean, I think adults should take care of their relationship to each other, too. But, but how would this child be able to find this wonderful, successful marriage? How would they, you know, how would it prepare them if they had this, you know, sort of practical exchange relationship with their parents, this relationship of respect where it was not necessarily based on trust or communication or a true team. It was, you know, based on we're most important and you're lesser and you understand that and you're here while you need us. And as soon as you don't, you're supposed to go. You're supposed to get on out of here the second that you can handle yourself because, you know, that's, we're just here for the, you know, we need you part. So, and I may be, you know, I'm sure that like, oh, well, I didn't mean it exactly like that. If I mean, maybe he didn't, but that's sure the way that it sounded. And it's definitely polarized. You know, he was definitely polarizing it in the other direction. So I'm going to go with this polarization and point out that there's some problems with it. And how, how in the world would a situation like that pre prepare you for a healthy, loving partnership, if you didn't have a partnership or commun if you didn't practice communication or trust or uh, a situation where everyone mattered, if you didn't practice that in your family, that negotiation and stuff, how in the world do, you know, does that set you up for this marriage that you're supposed to then have or this partnership with this other person that then begets your children and that you, in fact, then, you know, with the same ideal that he's talking about, like the adults were more important and their marriage came first because the children came from the marriage. So the 
marriage was more important. How in the world are they set up to even find this marriage successfully, to, to participate in this marriage successfully? And his generation, I, you know, I don't know that they were that successful. I mean, he could disagree and I don't know the stats, so I'm not even going to get into it. But, you know, I'm sure that he would say, um, yeah, that if if people were treating their marriage as the most important thing instead of their kids, then it would, you know, keep their marriage together. And I just don't think that it's as simple as that. I think there's got to be real skill in communication or teaming up, being a partner, having everyone matter. I mean, those are the skills you need in a relationship. So why wouldn't those be skills that we need to work on from day one in our family? Um, why wouldn't those be hugely important. And so, you know, speaking to his emphasis on the marriage mattering, and I was saying before, like, yes, I think that that's another legitimate sort of point. Sure, adults should matter. It shouldn't be just the kids, but it also shouldn't be just the adults. Um, and yes, you know, having adults connection and adult time uh, is pretty important. And that can be healthy for the marriage. Um, but if you put everything in terms of the marriage, because I think in this article, he says something along the lines of, you know, the marriage is the family or makes the family or um, without the marriage, there would be no family or something like that. And that also is kind of too polarized. It sets up a dangerous polarization because it shouldn't be the only thing that matters either. It shouldn't be number one because that marriage could uh, I'm going to say fail, but it might even just be that marriage could um, dissolve. It doesn't have to be a bad, horrible fail. It could be something that needs to evolve. It needs to grow. That marriage could shed like skin and shift and change. And, you know, maybe this guy would say, well, no, not if you're paying attention to it and keeping it first, you would never let it. Um but that's to the detriment of the people involved. Um, there are definitely healthy ways that people have ended relationships. And there's unhealthy ways, too. Absolutely. But so, and and guess what? Even if his opinion is that no marriage should ever end or something very extreme like that. Well, he's also never going to be able to make that happen because they do. Um, and if you are a child raised in a home that has been told that the marriage of your parents is what makes your family and what makes you a family, and if that's the attitude that everyone has had, and if it has been treated as the most important thing, and even if your parents have have seen it as the most important thing, if they have polarized anything, you as the child or the marriage or themselves as the most important thing, there's already a dangerous setup there. Because if that marriage ends, then those children are devastated. The parents are devastated. The family does feel like it's falling apart. There is so, uh, yeah, there's so much set up against them being able to thrive after that because there's so much baggage and everything attached to it. They they don't have balance going on. They have been skewed so much in a polarized direction that they're going to be left staggering. Um, if there is a more balanced approach, if there is, like I said before, this from the beginning, the 
the true teamwork ideal letting everybody be important, letting everyone matter or, um, you know, a true team based on trust and communication and talking about it and expressing oneself and deciding together and doing some negotiation. And it's not the kids that matter most in the relationship or in the family, but it's also not the parents and it's not the marriage, but it's all of them. So everybody knows that all things are playing an equal role in making their family great, well, then there's a more balanced place. It's not all standing on one thing. And should one of those legs crumble or fall, if there should be a loss of a parent or a loss of a child or the loss of the marriage, uh, you know, there's a little more balance for people. Um, well, and it doesn't have to be as dramatic as a loss. It could just be a time a time of, you know, disconnection between the parents or a time of disconnection between, uh, you know, or with one of the siblings or whatever. If somebody goes through a dark time, it's just not everybody matters. It just sets up a more balanced situation. Um, and to me, a more realistic one, more like life, more like teaching about teamwork, things that will really come in handy with jobs, because not only can you be a leader, but a follower too. You not only could you be a creative, innovative, uh, you know, powerful in touch with oneself, engaged with your own feelings, you know, leader, but you could also be a listening, in touch with the other members of the group, able to take instructions, don't feel too entitled, have a humble outlook, follower too. You could be both. And what more, you know, what more could you want? That is the most powerful place to be, to be able to be both, to be versatile, but also to be yin and yang, to be the complete whole, to be able to envelop both of those sides. That's what, um, you know, a family should be teaching you is that place of balance. That's the most powerful place. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, so that that's more relevant, more relevant in, in a business world or what skills you might need later. It's going to also be more relevant to help you in the relationships that you might hope to forge, finding your own friends, your own uh, partnership, romantic partnership, making your own family, being a parent to your own children. Those are going to be the exact skills that you need. Why not build them from day one, the balance skills? Because being a parent, you don't just get to be like, awesome, now it's my turn to be the most important. Finally, after years and years of being the less important one, I finally get to. Because that sets up a really... Um, well, it sets up somebody that's been pent up for too long and doesn't even, you know, it's like it sets up a polarized situation that's going to set up another loud crash. You know, someone that's been pent up for too long is the unimportant one who kind of finally gets the chance to be important and is going to ride it like a child. <laughs> that's the only, I don't even know what other crazy phrase to use, but they're going to like ride that new roller coaster. Um, maybe like they're just they're just not going to have been on that horse yet so there's going to be a lot of uh a lot of learning and troubleshooting there too it's not a balanced situation it's a swing of a pendulum again so um yeah i don't i think that's going to help be a parent parents have to negotiate they have to be important but also let their kids be important because 
that baby is going to cry in the middle of the night. And if you don't know how to let yourself be important and let that baby be important, you're either not going to be taking care of yourself or you're not going to be taking care of the baby. So learning how to balance everybody being important is a super super important skill and how helpful would it be if we were actually learning that as a family at the beginning you know from day one um and then i also think it's just like makes sense it's how the natural world works too i mean the natural world anything from cells and how they operate in your body from atoms and particles and things that you can look up in chemistry uh, to ecosystems and animals and plants and you know ponds come or whatever uh there's systems. They're operating in systems where they have different roles and they're different, but they're operating together and they all matter and they, uh, you know, work together in conjunction as a team as it symbiotically, you know, uh, in a in a way that, yeah, promotes this um kind of harmony or balance where it's a team and everything matters. So that's why, again, it's like, okay, this seems obvious. <laughs> this seems to me like, why wouldn't we be going for this? Uh, not only does it make actual practical sense for the skills that we need in our lives, but it also looks to be like everything's natural order <laughs> in this whole world. Um, and I think the biggest argument that people would have with, you know, oh, let everybody matter equally. Um, I, first thing is, you know, immediately they're like, well, not all the people are equal. And I mean, you know, the parents have more experience and the kids have less experience and you just can't let them be equals. I mean, they can't have an equal vote on things. Okay. Yeah. It isn't as simple as that because, you know, in, in the ecosystems and the cellular structures and all the other things in your body that I was just talking about. It's not just that simple either. Yeah, there are differential roles. Absolutely. But everyone does matter. Nobody matters most. And there are uh, roles to be played and people with different strengths and weaknesses. So yeah, as a parent, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're letting your kid have an equal vote on all matters. Now, some matters, they absolutely could have an equal vote because their skill sets um, are equal to your own in those areas. Or it would make sense that you're in an even playing field in that area. So, of course, but then there are other areas where you simply have more experience. Your skill sets are are higher than theirs. And so you would play a different role. You would have a different vote that would carry different weight or because you would hold different information, more information than they're able to understand, or you could explain it to them so that they do so that they're being exposed to that as you know, so, so there's that element, but also like, it's, not that I'm saying that parents aren't the leaders. I'm not saying that this is just this like place where parents would be like, well, I'm just going to treat my kids like total equals and um, I'm going to, you know, divert to them. And or it's not exactly that. It's, oh, I'm, I am fully aware and embrace my role as a parent, as a leader. I am the leader here um, because I, I do have more experience and I do have more skill sets and they absolutely need me to be the leader. 
in a lot of areas. There are some areas of their life that they don't need me to be the leader. Like they don't need me to lead them in which games to play. Um, I should let them uh, handle that. Now, can I give suggestions? Can that be an even playing field? Yeah, maybe that one's an even playing field because they know just as much as I do about what games would be fun or something, you know, maybe not. Maybe they're teeny tiny and you should give them suggestions because they don't know as many ideas of fun games to play as you do. But again, those that's exactly what I mean. When your skill sets are important, you take the lead or when your skill sets are different and require that you take the lead, you're the leader. But yeah, in general, you're the leader. You're the parent. You're the one who is helping them to mature and um, be able to communicate clearly or work with the group or negotiate effectively so that everyone can matter. You're leading them on how to let everyone matter because when they're young, they don't know that yet either. That's not, you know, so there's all kinds of layers and ways that you need to lead. But just because you're leading doesn't mean that you there. It is absolutely possible to be a leader who thinks that everyone in the group matters, a leader who makes decisions that have heavier weight than the others in the group, but still equally considers those others when making that important decision that carries the most weight. You know, even when taking charge and steering everybody, uh, taking everybody's feelings and what you know about them and what they've said to you and their feedback and asking them questions for that information to take all of that into account as you're making those steering maneuvers and those decisions as the leader so it is possible to be a leader that where everyone matters and to me that again is just modeling some magnificent balance to your kids and showing uh real real skill um real adulthood uh, that real place of launch, you know, if he's talking about, oh, yeah, we successfully thrived and launched, you know, we had much better successful launches than much more successful launches. No, I'm that shows real launch power is to be able to be a leader who uh, where everyone matters, be on a team where everyone matters see and learn how to let everyone matter trust and develop trust in leaders based on knowing that you matter to that leader too all of that that makes it easier to be a follower that makes it easier to be a leader that makes it easier uh you know to be rounded uh balanced all of that so um, there, yeah, this is just like a super rich subject. That's why I warned, <laughs> I warned at the beginning that this gave a lot of thoughts to me. Uh, it definitely set off a lot of, uh, a lot of things in my mind. Cause I just, I don't know. I can't understand. I can understand that, you know, people might think that children have gotten too important in our families these days or something, or we're giving children the impression that they're the most important and it's developing, you know, entitled bratty children or something. Absolutely. Okay. I can understand that, <laughs> but jumping to another extreme that, you know, I, is he just like looking with rose colored glasses, his generation, 
had just as many shortcomings as the millennials. They were just in other departments. I mean, they just, maybe they weren't in the, you know, can we join the workforce area? But come on, was the workforce nearly as innovative as it has been under the millennials little, uh, you know, I mean, so there's, there's, it's just, you know, this way and then the other. If you <laughs> skew one way or skew the other, like, when are we going to figure out balance, guys? Like how many times are we going to like swing or push back and forth just because we're not liking it over here? We're going to like push all the way over there. Um, when are we going to figure out balance? It seems like the rest of the systems <laughs> on the planet have got it down where it's a system and everything matters. There's not one important thing, the most important. Nothing in the pond treats one thing as the most important. Nothing in your body, in all your organs treats one thing as the most important. And don't tell me brain or heart or whatever. That's just not how it goes. If any of those other parts in there shut down too, the brain or the heart or what, like it doesn't work that way. There might be a leader, but nothing in your body treats something as the most important. Um, so when are we going to learn balance? <laughs> that's, that's definitely the question I'll leave with. Thank you so much for listening. I've always loved playing with ideas, but usually they just aren't at all what others come up with. So that has made me feel weird for most of my life. Uh, but now I'm determined to take what makes me weird and to try to make it useful. So come and check out all the other podcasts and things that we've got going on at weirdisuseful.com.